All right. Well, you may all be seated this morning. Hallelujah. Well, we had a rally in the valley last night, didn't we? Praise the Lord. I think that game was won and lost at least four or five times last night. But praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We sang this morning about our great champion, uh, which is Jesus Christ. And that's what all that matters. Amen. Jesus didn't come and die for a team, but I promise you he came and died for every person on that team, on both of those teams. So anyway, it's fun to be around when all that's going on with the Suns. I know my brother back here is a Suns fan. He told me this morning, he said, I wish I would have brought my orange clappers that he had last night. I said, I said well, I would have asked an usher to please remove him. No. <laughs> But we had a great time last night at the church, and uh, Pastor Bart, thank you so much for allowing me to speak this morning. You know, God's in everything that we do here at Faith Builders Church. He is. May not seem like it all the time, but I promise he is. And it's all in, you know, I, I, I got really, really stoked this week. I mean, the Spirit of God was just all over me, and I was just like, well, maybe I'll call Pastor Barb and you know, see if uh, if she wants me to speak, and, and I kind of thought, I got really busy, actually, and I just kind of kept moving, but I kept getting blessed by this word, and blessed by this word, and blessed, and then Pastor Barb texts me, she goes, hey, could you please speak this Sunday, and I said, well, praise the Lord, I confirm that, and I receive it, so thank you so much, Pastor Barb, for letting me do this. I'm going to let it out this morning. I'm just going to let it out. We have been given... The greatest power to ever be known to mankind. And if I were to ask every person in this room what that power was, my guess is I would get a hundred different answers. But I want to summarize where the stem of this power and this source of power comes from, from the believer. And what I would tell you this morning is, is it comes from the empowerment of the gospel. The gospel is so important that God sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die so that we would receive that gospel. We're going to talk about this morning the fact that the gospel has been around before there was a before. And indeed, it is the reason that we are here. The gospel, in layman's terms, means good news. How many people in the room could use some good news? Sometimes we talk ourselves out of the good news. You remember Adam and Eve in the garden? And they were created by God. I'm going to read this scripture really quickly. It says in Genesis 131, it says, Then God looked over all he had made, and he saw that it was what? Very good. And evening passed, and morning came, and making it the sixth day. So God created everything he created for good. For your good. For your good. But what happened was Adam and Eve went from knowing good to knowing both good and evil. What would be considered evil? Well, we could think of many heinous things that we would never want to mention or even think about. But there's also the evil of the influence 
to separate the believer or separate even mankind in the world from the empowerment of the gospel. Too often, we run into situations in our lives and we declare over that situation, this is a big problem, I don't know what I'm going to do, and we, 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 we anguish over that problem. Anybody ever been there before? Praise the Lord. I think I was there just the day before yesterday. Praise the Lord. But I'm here to tell you that no matter what you face in your life, you have been empowered with the gospel to overcome it. Completely overcome it. So as you think about what you're thinking about throughout the week, and I know you're all thinking throughout the day, right? And you get worried about certain things. You get bothered by certain things. And certain things don't settle well with you, you know, throughout your day and your week. And sometimes these things become strongholds in our lives, don't they? And we kind of get entrapped by these things. I want to challenge everybody this morning. The next time that negative thing comes up that you know is missing and broken from your life that doesn't include the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that you begin to empower yourself with the gospel that God has given to you. You see, what I'm trying to do is simplify what it is that we all believe. There's nothing missing or broken in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Is this true? So if that's true, and Jesus came to give his life for you so that you could receive that empowerment of the gospel that God instituted in Genesis when he created everything, and he said it was very good, and that's what set everything in motion, how many people know we have this dunamis, sovereign, meaning it doesn't need permission to move, it just needs faith in it to move? that it's already there in its fullness all the time, every time, but sometimes we choose the missing or broken thing rather than the gospel. I'm here to tell you as a man of God this morning that the gospel is not too good to be true. You may not see God moving in your life. You know, all of a sudden you get excited about a message. Last week, Pastor Barr was talking about, man, you have authority in this world, man. I mean, like, it's yours. Like the same authority that you have when you put the key in your door and walk through that door. Guess who's in charge? You're in charge, right? You don't let people just come and run amok in your home, do you? You have authority in that place. As much as you have authority in that place, you have authority in this world. You have power and influence in this world, and that's why you're here. In fact, the gospel, Jesus didn't come to save a country like Israel. He came to save a world with the gospel. It is so powerful. It is, it is so omnipotent. It, it is so beyond anything you could ever think with your own mind, and it's always activated. It's always moving, and it is completely unstoppable. We're all waiting to cross the finish line of going to heaven, and God's going, well, no, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, just like it is in heaven. That's our job. You think, well, I'm not adequate for that. I, I, 
I've made all kinds of mistakes, and, you know, I've, I've done this, and I've done that, and i got all these problems and everything else. Glad you brought all that up. Because the gospel is there to prove you. Not the you you think you are. The empowered you. The same you that God knew before there was a before, before the the divorce, before the bankruptcy, before the loss of the business, before, 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 before all that. And he said it was good. We need to begin to lift the standard of our lives to the empowerment of the gospel, that it is everything to me, everything I put these hands to. Everybody lift your hands. Everything you put your hands to prospers. Take those hands and put them on your body. Dedicate your body to the gospel, the empowerment of that gospel. Lay your hands upon your wife or your husband or your friend that's sitting next to you. Empower them with the gospel. You have the ability to do that. We're not here for some religious idea. We're not here to, to, to create, you know, just a bunch of things to do. We are here to be empowered by the gospel, challenged by the gospel, by overcoming the things that are missing or broken in our lives and say, that does not belong in the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't receive that in my life. And I understand by the power of God that I am filled with the omnipotent power of God of the gospel. That's what it's all about. That's where the anointing is. That's where favor is. That's where forgiveness is. That's where love is. That's where everything is all wrapped up in the idea that God created for mankind to walk in, live in, enjoy their lives and to run this world and not to be in the, to, rather to be in the world but not of the world. We don't operate from the world view. Well, but Pastor Paul, I make this much and I have this much in bills. Praise the Lord. You can take the little you have. Jesus stopped an entire church service, which probably had more than, I don't know, probably half a million people in. And he stopped the whole service and he says, this one woman has given more than any of you. She gave the tiniest of gifts. Take what's in your hand. Honor it with God, knowing that this thing that I have, which I know is not enough, I have the empowerment of the gospel that I can convert this into something far greater because of what I carry. I am a carrier of the gospel. The gospel is not something that you just go out and talk about. I promise you, you'll get into nothing but arguments with most people if all you do is talk about the gospel. But if you demonstrate what you're empowered with, which is the gospel, everywhere you go, and you just understand it's not me that's doing it. I don't have an ego to stroke here. I, this is just about me walking in faith and the understanding of what I carry in my life and the value of that thing and that it has the power to heal, to save, I mean, deliver you from, from addictions. I mean, you name it. You can either go through the 12 steps or you can go through one. In every area of your life. And I'm not, I'm not discounting the 12 steps if you got an addiction and all of that kind of thing. But I'm telling you, if all you're doing is going through the 12 steps, you're missing the greatest opportunity you could ever imagine. 
If I am to go through the 12 steps, I am going to do that with the understanding that I carry the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ in me. And I am going to be delivered. You're never going to hear this guy say, I'm Paul Burnett and I'm addicted and I'm an addict. No, I'm not an addict. Praise the Lord. I am a carrier of the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. It is all powerful, and I am no longer what it was. I've been bought with a price, and it's no longer me who lives. It's the Christ that lives on the inside of me. That's the empowerment I'm talking about. Can you see the difference between the gospel being something you tell someone and the gospel being an empowerment for your entire life to overcome and to challenge you and to look at certain circumstances that you're going to face and go, oh, man, I'm never going to make it. I'm never going to get through this thing. This has been a stronghold in my life for so long, and I don't know how I'm going to get out of this thing. When is my breakthrough ever going to come? And wah, 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 wah. And I'm telling you, you can get into that mode. I've been there a thousand times. And I never got free. Where I got free is when I understood who I was in Jesus Christ. And I stopped playing the games. And I stopped tr trying to climb the ladders. And I stopped trying to, you know, be who other people wanted me to be. No, I am who God created me to be. Thank you very much. I don't need your permission. You don't need anybody's permission to operate out of the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. It has been given to you. Take authority of that and begin to say, you know what? I am going to knock the devil's teeth out. Do you realize that the devil, the difference between you and the devil is that you are a carrier of the gospel and he never will be ever again. You carry that. It is the influence that you need to overcome every area of your life. Luke 2.10, this is Jesus coming. Man, they're getting excited and they're starting to write about him. It says an angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to everybody, everywhere, all the time, every time. This is how Jesus was announced to the world. I began to think about this this week and I thought, Man, this gospel is so incredible. What, why isn't this on the forefront of my mind every day? And I, I started practicing. I, I'm telling you, over the last few weeks, I just, started, I just said, before I even put my feet off this bed, praise the Lord, I thank you. I'm the, a carrier of the gospel, the good news of Jesus. I, I carry good news everywhere I go. I can't even help it anymore. It just flows out of me. See what I mean? It's a different walk. I don't like that thing over there. That does not belong in my life. And I begin to declare the gospel of the good news over that thing, and it has to obey. Because everything that was created, God said it was very good. Hallelujah. Sometimes we talk about integrity. We've all heard the word, right? It's like, hey, just do what you say you're going to do and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and don't give up and just, you know, keep going. I think of integrity a little bit differently. I think of a bicycle wheel. I think of a, a rim and a tire. I think of spokes and the hub. But if I were to begin to take some of the spokes out of that wheel, and so I take a third of those spokes out of that wheel, and I just keep riding my bicycle, eventually I'm going to hit a bump in the road, aren't I? And this is life, right? So it's a metaphor for your life. 
at some point I'm going to hit something in the road. The problem is, is that the wheel doesn't have integrity because it's not whole. And that wheel is going to fail. Sometimes in our lives we get excited about certain parts of the gospel. You know, I'm going to heaven, praise the Lord. All my sins are forgiven. Oh my gosh, this is so awesome. But then we're getting run over in other areas of our lives. It's time to take and put every spoke of that gospel together so that you can enjoy this incredible ride that God has in store for you. You are whole in the gospel. You are incomplete without it. When I say incomplete, I mean incomplete in every way. Wouldn't matter how many degrees you had, wouldn't matter how hard you worked, it would not be sustainable. And we see the evidence of this in our culture, in our world right now. We're going in many directions, and those directions are not founded on the integrity of the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. And now we're starting to spin out of control, and of course, everybody goes like this. It's their fault. It, it, it's their fault. Listen to me by the Spirit of God. If you're walking in the dynamic power of the gospel, you're no longer the victim of anything. Ever. Again. Ever. You know, you think of some of these amazing stories and patriarchs in the Word of God. Not all of them were even documented. I mean, like you're getting a snapshot of what happened. You're talking about people thrown in prison for no reason other than to share the gospel that I'm talking about. But the same gospel that brought them to prison is the same one that broke them out. Do you see what I'm saying? It's all powerful. It's all influential. It, but you've got to walk in it. You've got to depend on it. Like, like, I mean, like your life depends on it because your life does depend on it. It's time to stop riding on a bicycle without all the spokes. How much time do you spend in a week worried? This should not be. Cast all your cares upon him. Because he cares for you. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. He whom the son sets free. Free indeed. It's not kind of free. It's not kind of caring for you. It's all the way committed to your greatness, committed to your success, committed to this world, understanding why they're here, this incredible gospel that has been given. It is on 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It never takes a break. It never stops. It never will stop. It, it's going to be in this life. It's going to be in the life to come. I mean, we're going to be living and thriving on the power of the gospel that's going to take us from, from death to life someday. No greater force. Mark 15, 15 through 20. Then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to every single person. 
You know, when I started to read that, I thought, man, alive, you know, Jesus went out and performed many signs and wonders. That's what really attracted people to his ministry. These miracles, I mean, people standing up, blind eyes, I mean, you name it. I mean, deliverances that occurred and all this stuff. There's no convincing anybody when you're demonstrating the power of the gospel. I don't have to convince anybody anymore. Some of you go, well, but Pastor Paul, I tried it. We're going to get to that in a little bit. But I tried this. It didn't work. And I would tell you that it did. Any effort that you're putting into your development in the gospel is the true growth that you're going to experience in your life. And the more you can grow in that, and the only way you're going to grow, just like a little baby. Little baby has, right? Your little baby's going to be walking sometime soon. But when they do that, mom and daddy are going to be right there, aren't they? You're not just going to let your little guy just run all over the place, right? You just you know, go ahead, you know, kick him in the pants and, you know, all that. No, you're going to nurture that little baby. Baby's going to fall. Baby's going to stand back up. Baby's going to fall and hurt himself. Mom and daddy will be right there to hold him. All of that is going to lead to one thing. That baby walking. This is the same thing we're all in. We all need the opportunity to learn to walk in the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, every effort that you put into that, every time you fall, every time you slip, everything, every time it didn't work that time, you should get back up and go, you know what? I am not accepting that the gospel is not working when I lay hands upon people and they don't recover. I don't accept that anymore. I don't accept it. It's not good news. That's not what the Bible says. So it goes on and it says this in verse 16. Anyone who believes in what? The gospel. And is baptized will be saved. From what? Everything. Everything. But anyone who refuses to believe is already condemned. And we as believers can be that way. We can get stuck in our ruts. And we can condemn ourselves and go, well, you know, I just don't know. And, you know, God, and I prayed and the whole thing, and you know, it just got worse. And I, You ever been there? The gospel's still at, in work. It's still at work. It's still working. It's still happening. You're going to get there. You will overcome because of the power that Christ has given to you through that gospel. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe in the gospel. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak with new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands upon the sick and they will be when does a miracle happen in that moment? A miracle is not partial. It's not, none of that. A miracle happens, and it happens that moment. When the Lord Jesus had finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down in a place of honor at God's right hand, and the disciples went everywhere and preached, and the Lord, this is the empowerment part of the gospel, worked through them, confirming what they were saying. 
by many miraculous signs. It's not enough to tell somebody about the gospel. You must be empowered by that gospel. And you must go and you must minister that gospel. I mean, sometimes in, in my life, I look at it and I go, man, I never saw that good thing coming. Like I never, I wouldn't have ever guessed that was happening. Well, how did it happen? It happened because of the gospel in operation of my life. And that's exactly how it happens for you. And that's exactly how it happens for the, the little kid in the hut in Africa somewhere. And that's exactly, it doesn't matter what your race is. doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what you did or who you did it with. None of that. Because the other benefit of the gospel is forgiveness. You can repent of your sin. What does repent mean? It means that if I'm going this way, I just go the other way. Well, what's the other way? The other way is the gospel. The other way is the gospel. Nothing missing. I want you guys to be thinking and meditating upon this this week. As you begin to worry about what's going on in your life, that worry is caused by something that doesn't belong there. And you've been empowered with the gospel to overcome that thing. I wouldn't care what it was. Dream up the greatest dreams you can ever dream. And you're never going to reach the end of the empowerment of the gospel. It has the power to save. 1 Corinthians 7, 20-24. Yes, each of you should remain as you were when God called you. Remember that day? Praise the Lord, you were slain in the spirit and brought back up by bastards now, just slain out again. Praise the Lord. I mean, it was an incredible time. Man, you were so empowered and on fire for God. I mean, like, get out of my way, devil. God is on the move. And all of a sudden, you start seeing all these little happenings in your life, and you're like, man, look what God did there. Oh, man, look what God did over here. Oh, look what he did there. And all of a sudden, the bumps in the road start to come, and you're not really prepared because you don't have the whole wheel on your bike. The whole gospel. Guess what? They sell spokes. Get a little tool and you crank one in there and you pop it back in. The more complete the gospel is in your life, the more you're going to start to see how incredibly influential this is in your life and in every life you will ever come in contact with. It says, are you a slave? Don't let the part that you're enslaved to, hear this, don't let that worry you. But if you get a chance to be free, take it. Take that chance. And remember, if you were a slave when, you, when the Lord called you, you are now free in the Lord. And if you were free when the Lord called you, you are now a slave to Christ, a slave to the anointing. Sometimes we, we just think of Jesus right there, but... You are a slave now to the anointing. Well, what is the anointing? That is the empowerment of the gospel. That is the power part. It's good stuff. It says, God paid a high price for you, so don't be enslaved by 
the way the world does it. Each of you, dear brothers and sisters, should remain as you were when you first received Christ. Excited. Can't wait for another day. Oh, this happened in my life? So what? God's in control. You know what I mean? It was almost like this. You felt the empowerment. I know if you're saved, you felt that empowerment. That empowerment wasn't to remain at that level. It was to challenge you to the next level and challenge you to the next level so that you could go from glory, awesome, saved, to another glorious place. This is the empowerment that you, you, you carry. This is what the difference is of living your life like a regular person, which you can do in, in, in your little wheel that doesn't have all the spokes. Praise God, you're going to get to heaven because you're excited about it. You know what's going to happen. Praise the Lord for that. We'll get everything else fixed there too. But at the end of the day, why live through the needless suffering that you're experiencing in this world when you're empowered with the greatest force to ever be known? And that is the power of the gospel. Galatians 2, 11 through 21. It says, but when Peter came to Antioch, I had to suppose him to his face. I had to oppose him to his face. You ever been opposed to your face? That's what's happening right here. There's two brothers right here. One got in the face of the other one. For what he did was very wrong. <gasps> he must have had an affair. <gasps> He must have been smoking cigarettes. He must have gotten addicted or something. Nope, wasn't any of that stuff. It says, when he first arrived, he ate with the Gentile believers who were not circumcised. But afterward, when some friends of James came, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. Hmm. He was afraid of the criticism from these people who insisted on the necessity of doing it just this way. As a result, the other Jewish believers followed Peter's hypocrisy. Like, man, this is like you're going to throw fists next. You hypocrite. This is a man of God. I mean... This is a guy that did miracles and signs and wonders. And he, here he comes, and he says, you have done a bad thing, and you are a hypocrite for what you're doing. And what was he doing? He was resurrecting the old way, the old religious way. He said, this is how it gets done right here. We aren't going to fellowship with these Gentiles any longer. We're going to do things the way God wants them. And I'm telling you, if you're not careful, you'll do that in your own life. You'll do it in your family's life. You'll, you'll just make it about everything except the most important thing, and that is the power and the influence of the gospel. Yes, you're not circumcised, and I wish you were, or whatever it is. Yes, the color of your skin doesn't match mine. Yeah, the, your, your social, you know, whatever is is not as big as my social media page who gives a rip about any of that stuff 
That is nonsense. That is going to lead you into a place that has nothing to do with your empowerment of who you are in Jesus Christ. It's going to make you feel bad. It's going to make other people feel bad. That is not good news. That's not good news. At least I'm not calling you a hypocrite or anything like that. Rough words in here, man. Even Barnabas was led away by their hypocrisy. When I saw that they were not following the truth of the gospel message, this is what he's upset about. I said to Peter in front of everybody, since you, a Jew by birth, have disregarded the Jewish laws and are living like a Gentile, why are you now trying to make these Gentiles follow Jewish traditions? Get rid of your traditions. Get rid of your religion. Get rid of the way you used to do stuff. Embrace yourself in the gospel of the good news. It is the empowerment you need to break through in every area of your life. Don't waste your time anymore. Don't waste your time. You and I are Jews by birth, not sinners like these Gentiles. Yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus, not just Jesus, Christ, the anointing and the anointed one, not by obeying the law. We have believed in Jesus and Christ Jesus so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Jesus Christ, not because we've obeyed some list of rules. No one will ever be made right with God by obeying the rules. But suppose we seek to be made right with God through faith in Christ. When we are found guilty because we have abandoned the law, would that mean Christ has led us into sin? Absolutely not. Rather, I am a sinner if I rebuild the old system of the law I already tore down. For when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. So I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet all of its requirements so that I might live for God. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ that lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace or the gospel of God as meaningless for if keeping the law could keep us right with God then there is no need for Christ no need closing scripture this is the one I got chills when I read this I got chills Zechariah 4 6 through 10 he said to me this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel, it is not by force nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Nothing, not even a mighty mountain will stand in Zerubbabel's way. You can put your own name in, these, in this scripture if you'd like. It will become a level plain before him. And when Zerubbabel sets the final stone of the temple in place, the people will shout, may God bless it. May God bless it. Then another message came from the Lord. Zerubbabel is the one who laid the foundation of this temple, and he will complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies has sent me. And this is the part that got me the chills. Do not despise these small 
beginnings, these little things that you're going to do to empower yourself with the gospel. For the Lord rejoices to seek the to see the work what? Begin in you. To see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. I promise you, you could you you could know all kinds of stuff about building, but if you don't start with that plumb line and make sure that foundation is laid straight, you'll never build a house that will ever stand. You are empowered with the gospel. That is what you build your life on. It, will, it has always been there. It will always be there. And it will cause us to go from this life into another. And I don't even know where that leads from there. But I do know that this incredible power is something God has engrafted into you as a believer who received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I want to make sure every person in this room knows the man that I'm talking about. His name is Jesus. And he's the one that sacrificed his life, sent by God himself. And he said, anyone who will, come. Anyone who will. You all deserve to be empowered with the gospel, but if you don't receive the one who has made it possible, you'll never have it. I want everybody to bow your heads. We're going to say this prayer together. I want you to mean it with all your heart. The prayer is going to be all about you receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and being empowered with this gospel. Let's pray it together. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I come just as I am. I give you my life. Fill me with the power of your gospel. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Keep your heads bowed for just a moment. If you said that prayer this morning, you meant it with all your heart. Put your hand up, even if it's by faith that I did this and I meant it with all my heart and it's changed my life. Praise the Lord. You can put your hands down, eyes open, looking around. This week, start every day the idea I am empowered with the gospel of Jesus Christ where there is nothing missing or broken and begin to apply it to every area of your life and never forget never ever forget God loves the small beginnings of that